90.7 WXIN. Okay, Boomer. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Stadium Experience with your host, Jake Helms, and show where we talk about the latest and greatest happenings in the world of sports right here on 90.7 WXIN. I'm alone again today. No guests. That's okay. We're holding off on the guests because, of course, next week will be the third anniversary of the program, and I'm going to get a... I'm going to line up together for that. I don't know who yet. don't know what we're doing. I was talking to Jordan Moment, longtime friend of the show last night. Might go for uh, maybe an enemies lineup for the third anniversary, but I don't know. I got to figure it out. Anyway, though, if you want to get on the show today, though, and talk about Mookie Betts, talk about... <laughs> oh, the fire store, the flaming... Just the flaming pile of garbage that is the Boston Red Sox right now. Or you know, a bit of Celtics talk, maybe. Celtics on a seven-game winning streak, or eight-game winning streak, one of the two. Playing the Houston Rockets, not going to talk about that a bit. And if you want to chime in on any of these topics, do not be afraid to call in at 401-456-8787. Once again, the phone number to get on the program is 401-456-8787. And with that, you're listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley on 90.7 WXIN. And with that, we'll dive in here. So, yes, once again, third anniversary next week. Big, big show. Big, big, exciting. Big time. Things are changing. Things are moving. We'll do that. Got to figure out the guests. Don't know who yet. Got to. Haven't really been on top of getting guests at all this semester. So, (laughs) you know, know, find something. We'll figure out somebody. We gotta kind of gotta get the show back in gear here. But another place, another thing that's uh, getting in gear is Boston Red Sox, who report to spring train. Oh my, catchers and pitchers report today, and they report for a team that still does not have a manager, and officially now does not have their best player. Because yes, the Mookie Betts trade, which we thought had gone through, and then didn't go through, and everybody applauded it not going through because it was a bad return. Then they went right back to the well and got a little bit more, a tiny bit more, and went and did it again because the Red Sox or, Sh- or Haim Bloom or John Henry or whomever were locked into doing this. So now Mookie Betts is a Dodger, and in return, the Red Sox receive... 23-year-old outfielder, Alex Verdugo. He was in the original deal. Now, instead of getting Bruce Dar Gratol, I don't need to learn his name because he's not on the Red Sox. I don't need to learn how to pronounce it. They instead get infielder, shortstop, second baseman, Jeter Downs, and, and oh boy, hear this, Connor Wong, the catcher who is not a top 100 prospect. Jeter Downs was the sixth-ranked prospect in the Dodgers system, and he apparently hovers around in the mid-80s in the do- in the top 100, depending on who you ask. But, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll play the wrestling. I mean, Amer- you know, Baseball America top 100 has him at 86. Fangraph has him at 89. MLB Pipeline, though, me, MILB Pipeline, though, they have him at 44. So... And then the Athletic has him at 99, at 95. 
The Athletic, which will not hire me. The Athletic, which has which does not answer my emails. And then they get and Verdugo, who is, I believe, the centerpiece of the deal. He's actually a major league player. Now he's not eligible for free agency until 2025. He played in 106 games last year, and he hit, he batted about 294 and had about 12 home runs. So the scouting, the, the report on him, that he's got some power. He's a right fielder. He fills that void. He is probably their starting right fielder right now. So, so he, he is a good player. He seems like he's a decent emerging young player some people have described him as a better version of jackie bradley jr now on the flip side the negative of him is that he might be a rapist that there's an incident a couple years ago with with what i'm reading the scouting report here on an alex Verdugo. like oh good power oh and, and was um at least at least was a witness was at least a witness to a to a sexual assault of an underage girl in Colorado a few years ago, one of his teammates. Yeah, so maybe not a good person. Might might not be a good guy, but he's a Red Sox. But he's now he's on the Red Sox. And now he is their starting, probably their starting right fielder. And Mookie Betts. And David Price, by the way, is gone. With the Red Sox eating most of David Price's salary, by the way. And by the way, <laughs> the Red Sox are still eating a majority of David Price's money. And they get no draft picks. I heard there were draft picks. I'm not seeing draft picks. So, not, it's a better return because they're getting a top 100 prospect. I don't believe Gatterall was. Even if he was, he was projecting as he was, well, he was hurt, apparently. His arm, his elbow is falling apart at 22, 23, however old he is. I don't need to know. I don't need to know anymore. He's not on the Red Sox. So I don't need to know. So I'm not going to bother learning. But yeah, the Red Sox new GM who I, 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 was, I wasn't super against the high and bloom hire. I wasn't against it. I was like, yeah, get the, get a little, get a little, get a little wonder kid in here. Why not? Let's just try that. Red Sox can try that. It'll be great. He'll have a payroll. It'll be a great time. I... I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't detest the return on its face. I don't. Looking at it for one year of bets, I, I, I don't detest the return on its face. But. It's everything that, because trades don't happen in a vacuum. That's the important thing when you're evaluating a trade. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. And it's not unfair to look at it that way. It's not, you can't, you can't look at a trade and not look at what, how that point was reached. You have to look at, you know, when you're moving, an, especially when you're moving a high profile asset, the timing of it, if you maximize your value, and could they have moved on from bets earlier? Could they have waited till midseason and gotten more for bets? Why are they even trading bets and not re-signing him? 
Because that's, that's the thing here. I mean, that, that also is the other thing that hangs over this. By the way, like, you can't just evaluate this trade in the prism of, you know, they, they had to move on from him, so, you know, they get what they can get. And did they get a good return? Because that's there, too. Should they have traded him? Did they have to? Which, no, they didn't because they're the Boston Red Sox and they have more money than God himself and can't afford to sign anybody regardless of the luxury tax. Did they have to use Mookie Betts to dump David Price's salary? Which does hurt them in the short term, by the way, because now your number two starter is Eduardo Rodriguez and then your third is Evaldi. Now you're locked into those guys. And then your number one starter is Chris Sale, who, who knows if he works. Who knows if he's not going to fall apart soon. So, just, yeah. And this is what you're going to have now instead of Mookie Betts, who has been an MVP, who's a player I have problems with, by the way. I don't think he's a flawless player. I think I don't think anybody does. I mean, I, you know, he's had problems. He's had problems with consistency. He hasn't put up those MVP numbers every single year. It's almost like he's gone every other. But when he's been on, yeah, he's one of the best players in baseball. And now the Red Sox don't have that. The Red Sox, who can't afford to do that, barring the luxury tax. Could they? Yeah. So that there are a lot of things to look at with this. And obviously the fact that they had the chance to reset on this trade, by the way, after they backed out because of the medicals on Guitar, which they should have known about from the beginning, by the way. They, did, they got lucky on that. They got a mulligan. And they still go and then make the same trade and get slightly better prospects. So I... It restocks your farm system. I don't know if Downs is their best player in their farm system now, but I think he is. I, I think Downs might be their best player now. <laughs> might be their best prospect now. I think he might be their only top 100 prospect. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, he's their best prospect now. So, I mean, they got that. It's just, I don't, I don't know. If that's what it takes to tear, to get a top prospect, I don't need top prospects. So, I don't like now, I mean, and they haven't done anything this offseason at all to make this team better. Nothing. So, and they don't have a manager yet. Once again, they lost their manager. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Still don't have a manager. They're not going to have the advantage of cheating anymore that I'm sure that Cora was bringing them. So, yeah. I mean, like, they've just, they've only gotten worse. I mean, the only free agents they bring it, brought in are what? Pereza? Peraza? However you pronounce his name? The second baseman? Like, they, they brought in. Perez to be their fourth starter now? Like, they... You know, they brought in middlers at a couple of spots. And that's it. And now they have Verdugo, who, you know, is a downgrade from Mookie Betts. In a few ways. And then, yeah, they don't... They don't, they don't have a starting pitching rotation. They just... Don't, don't have one. But now they have Jeter Downs! So I don't... No, and the bullpen still sucks. So it's Martinez opted in. I finally, f so he's back. So I don't, I don't know. Unless maybe, you know, Bogarts or Devers take the next step and they become real bonafide MVP caliber players, which could happen. I'm not going to rule that out. I mean, I think they'll both, I mean, I would hope that they both get better this year. Maybe they take a 
bigger step than, you know, one would project, which isn't impossible. In fact, but also, if one of those guys takes a step back, and then maybe Shavis doesn't pop, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, God, it's hard to project the Red Sox as a playoff team this year. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs last year. They lost their manager, who, I mean, I liked. I thought Alex Cora did a lot of good things for the team. I mean, obviously, you know, the issue of, you know, it turns out that they were banging on things. But, I, I mean, even then, like, I don't think the cheating makes that big of a difference. Like, I, I just don't. I just think it's, it is that sort of thing that doesn't end up making that big of a difference. But Alex Cora, who connected, I mean, do, do Devers and Bogarts take a step back just because they lost a manager in Alex Cora, who one of the biggest things I brought up when he was coming up was just that, you know, when they were trying to hire him and why part of the reason I thought he was a good fit for the team was, you know, Cora could communicate with these guys. And I mean that, I mean that, I mean, obviously I've said it before, but that was, I meant that in a couple of ways. I mean, A, he could communicate with them because literally, you know, he is from Puerto Rico. He can speak Spanish. He could, you know, Xander Bogarts and Devers don't speak perfect English. He could literally communicate with them in a way that John Farrell could not. And then obviously on a deeper level, he could communicate. He was a younger guy. He was a former player. He was, once again, he was, you know, came from a similar background to them. He could communicate and that paid dividends for those guys. And there's something to that. There's something really big to that. And that, you know, they're losing that. And I don't know who they're going to hire. But if it's, you know, Ron Renneke, I don't think, I don't think Ron Renneke, who, where's Ron Renneke from? Ron Renneke is going to be able to do that. To, I, you know, and A, just, who's from Covina, California. Ah. Where do you go to college? Did not go to college. All right. But just, you know, it's. Oh, he played college baseball at UCLA. Wow. Oh. Ron Renneke. But the former Bruin, Ron Renneke. So. I mean, listen, I mean, you can project, you could say one of those guys might take a step back just because, you know, I mean, progress isn't linear with these guys a lot of the time. Sometimes they take a step back. But then, I mean, it's, you know, they are losing a manager who I think would have had a good impact on them. So. I don't know. Like, it's just, you know, that that factors there. It's just there's a lot of there are a lot of things working against the Boston Red Sox right now, which, by the way, I think is by design. This was going to be a contraction year because they deemed it as such necessary to get into the luxury tax, which is how these teams operate. So I can't wither and yell about it a bunch unless you just want to say, well, why don't they just not operate that way and spend all the money on God's green earth that John Henry has, but they won't. So now you have a baseball team that lost the best player, doesn't have a manager, doesn't have a number two starter. Their number one starter it's probably going to need Tommy John's any day now. He's a ticking time bomb, and they gave him a big bucket of money, approximately. The metric unit, I believe. But, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe Verdugo turns into, you know, 
big, big time good player. That'll suck. That'll kind of suck a little bit if, if, if that becomes a guy that they have to that we all we all we all get to root for. That'll that'll be phenomenal. That'll be fun. So, the Boston Red Sox, a little bit in shambles, a little bit by design, but I don't know. So they can just kind of burn a year of Bogart's good contract, of Devers getting closer to arbitration, Benintendi being cheap. And then you have Martinez for another two years. I, just, I don't know. Did you have to trade Mookie Betts? Could you not? Could you really not figure out the money on him? Now maybe he'll get some like pathetically large contract from the. From, maybe that'll happen. Maybe he'll get like a, a contract from the Dodgers that is so groundbreaking, that we all look at it and go, okay, yeah, they couldn't have paid him that. That won't completely absolve them. I don't think it will absolve them at all. Maybe that happens. But even then, it just it still remains. Did they have to trade him now? Did they have to make this deal? Could they not have traded him sooner, by the way? That's always a fair second guess with trades like this, when you're trading players like this. Could they have traded him last, no, in the middle of last year, when they were kind of sucking and gotten a bigger return? Did they not want Dombrowski making that move? Which was probably a part of it. But, yeah. They don't have a manager and the, 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 whatever pitchers there are, are reporting today. So, oh, and ticket prices are going up, by the way. Don't forget about that. So, get excited, everybody. Baseball season is coming. So, yeah, mull on that for a little bit. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I have some more baseball nonsense I want to talk about a little bit, but I want to get a I want to take a second here to kind of re reset ourselves. So you are listening to the stadium experience with Jake Elmsley on 90.7 WXIN. And we'll be right back in just a minute. Ninety point seven WXIN Stadium Experience. Jake Helmsley still here. Boston Red Sox still in shambles. We talked about that in the last segment. If you want to chime in on it, don't be afraid to call in 401-456-8787. Once again, the phone number to call in only if you're a real human person is 401-456-8787. And with that, I'm going to move on to some more baseball nonsense. And that's, um, this is from MLB.com, a proposed change to the baseball playoff format and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this to you all this is from MLB.com by Mark Feinzand yeah Feinzand one of those two things so the MLB is considering a significant restructuring of its playoff format one which would begin with a dramatic live television show during which two teams from each league would have the ability to select their first round opponents the proposed format, which has been ga gaining traction among owners and within the commissioner's office, would see the total number of playoff teams in each league increase from 5 to 7. Already hate it. With the wild card round expanding from a one-game playoff to a best-of-three series. Also hate it. The new format could go into effect as early as a 2020 season. The league's potential plan was first supported by the New York Post. Yada, yada, yada. Here's how the new format would work. 
the teams with the best record in both the American and National League would receive a first-round bye. Automatically advancing into the division series, the other two division winners would host all three games in a best-of-three wildcard round, as would the wildcard team with the next best record. Three other wildcard teams would advance to the best-of-three round, though none would host a game. The division winner with the second best record in the league would then get to decide which of the bottom three wildcard teams it wants to play in the opening round. A decision that would be aired li on live television on the final Sunday night of the season, just hours after the regular season concludes. Last season, the Astros would have been the AL's number one seed based on having the best record in the league, while the Yankees, Twins, and Athletics would have hosted the three-game wildcard series. The Yankees, by virtue of the number two seed would have then been charged with the assignment of picking their opponent from the groupings of the number five through seven seeds, which would have been the Rays, Indians, and Red Sox. Once the Yankees had chosen their first-round opponents, the Twins would have been the number three seed. Yeah, I have no, I can't follow this. Can either of you two follow this? Anybody in the studio audience? No, yeah, I can't follow it. I... My, my, my first issue with it is that I barely understand what it's saying. I'm going I'm to say that first. If anything, because it makes me feel stupid and things that make me feel stupid immediately want to lash out against them. Immediate. Like immediate, just violent desire to lash out against them. But anyway. So, so it sounds like, and maybe I could have, you know, read this before the show and tried to make sense of it, but I didn't. Is that... So you have a first-round bye for the top team in each league. Fine. Whatever. Then the, like, the number two team in each league would then pick which of, there'd be three wild-card teams. If you can hear the gears turning in my head, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm very sorry. But so you have three wild-card teams. And then you have the three division winners. One division winner gets a bye. Wait. No, wait. That's what? No. Wait a minute. No, I don't have this right. I'm confused. Wait a minute. Um, wait. <laughs> I, I am. What? No. This is, see, like this is, I don't like this already. This is stupid. No. Wait, you're adding two wild card teams in each league? Um. Mm hmm. Okay, so I hate this already. A, because it's confusing me. And B, because I hate the idea of getting rid of, of adding more playoff teams, which I always hate. I always hate adding more player teams. I'm always against. Them. I think the play. I think the baseball playoffs are fine, with five teams making it. I think that's enough. I think even then you already have a kind of a sucky team making the playoffs usually. But I think for the most part, all the teams that you make the playoffs make the playoffs. If you do this, then suddenly last year's sucky Red Sox team makes playoffs, which is stupid. It wasn't deserved. So you have seven teams from each division, league, making it. And then also, don't make the wild card a best of three. Are you kidding me? I l who doesn't like the wild card as it is? Like, who doesn't enjoy it being a best? Like, that's what makes it, you know, the wild card. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it different. Is the fact that 
it's a best of one. Like, I, some people don't like because they think it's unfair. But I think that's the most fun way to do it. By a country mile. That is the best way to do it. So don't get rid of that. That's the best thing baseball's added in a... Ever. Since I added it. It's great. And that's what you're going to take away? You're going to take that away? Go to a best of three series? No. I hate it. Don't do that. Don't do any of this. Don't do any of this. This is all dumb. I hate it all. And I mean, having teams pick who they play is kind of funny. I don't mind it. But I don't. I don't know. I, even that. I, I mean, at least that's innovative. At least that's baseball trying to innovate, which I almost kind of enjoy. It could almost make for a fun TV thing, but I don't. I don't know. Even that's like kind of mean. Kind of a mean thing. <laughs> or God forbid you lose the team that you picked to play. My God. Does that open the door? And honestly, that's just like, honestly, if you're the team getting picked, that's like the best bulletin board material in the world. Like that's, yeah. That's like the best bulletin board material in the world. So I don't, I don't know. I'm out on the new NBA playoff format. Out. Out on it. Don't like it. Don't change it. I don't like any changes to, play to playoff formats for the most part. I like where the playoff formats are in most sports. Like, I don't want the NFL to expand their playoff format. I don't want... Yeah. Not into it. I'm out. Out on that. So don't do it. Don't ruin the wild card baseball. Don't ruin the wild card. You got something right with that. So just, for the love of God, don't. For the love of God. Do, do not do that, you foolish, foolish, foolish people. You foolish, foolish man, Rob Manfred. Just, no. So, those are my thoughts on that. I just wanted to read that because it was very confusing. and I kind of wanted to, I thought maybe me reading it out loud would make me understand it better. It didn't. I don't, I don't get it. Four wild card teams, that, that, that's a lot. That's that's a lot of wild card teams in each league. That's that's that that's excessive. That's I hate it. I don't like it. So that's that. Speaking of things I don't like, let's move on to this. So it's a little dead on this, but I like talking about this. So the Boston Celtics get completely transitioned to different sports. We're in the basketball zone now. So the trade deadline passed on Thursday, and a lot of trades happened. It was a pretty fun trade deadline, I got to say. Obviously, you saw, you know, Marcus Morris move. You saw Clint Capella move, Drummond move, D'Angelo Russell move. You know, the Clippers got better. The Heat got better. The Timberwolves got better. The 76ers even went out and made a move. Now, the Hawks made like a bajillion trades. The Rockets got Covington and now don't have a center except for Jordan Bell, who develops pretty well in 2K19. Don't know about 20. Haven't played it. So.
The Hawks made a lot of trades. I forgot the Hawks traded for Teague. Why are the Hawks trying to get better? What are the Hawks doing? Anyway, so you saw a lot of trades happen. The Boston Celtics did not make a move to get better. They were reportedly maybe in on Bertans, but they didn't. The Celtics, who have not made a trade deadline deal since they traded for Isaiah Thomas all the way back when he was on the Kings. And I'm upset by this. I've talked at length about it. I think the Celtics really could stand to add another guy on their bench. Another bench scorer. I think they've needed that for a while. Now, am I as angry? I mean, last year, I thought it was really silly that they didn't make a move. Or maybe I didn't. But last year, all the teams around them made moves. And in the end, that team lost in the second round. And probably wasn't a team that was worth investing in. So actually, I can't, you know, I can't be that bothered by it. But all the other teams made moves. Now, the difference is this year, of the top, you know, four, five, six teams in the East... The Bucs didn't make a move, although they are now getting Marvin Williams, which isn't a huge thing. The Raptors didn't make a move. The Heat did make a move. The Heat did make a move, adding Iguodala, Crowder, and Solomon Hill. They almost got Gallinari, too, which would have been, ooh, that would have been, it would be in business they had gotten Danilo Gallinari, but they didn't. The 76ers did make a move, a move I wanted the Celtics to make. The, Celt the 76ers went out and traded for Alec Burke and Glenn Robinson and really did not give up a lot. They sent the Warriors for both of those guys three second-round picks, which I uh, I think the Celtics have that. I think the Celtics have the second-round picks to burn. But, so the, I mean, if you want me to tell you what move right there I would have liked them to have made, that's the one. But nevertheless, whatever. The Celtics also have three first-round picks in this year's draft. Three first-round picks in next year's draft. Oh, excuse me, no, they don't. Excuse me, they do not have three second-round picks next year's draft. But anyway, you know, maybe that would have been the move I wanted, even just to add one of those guys, but whatever. The 76ers did it, and the 76ers got better. I think the 76ers have plenty, problems of, their, pr plenty of their own problems in terms of the internal stuff, in terms of their guys not really fitting together all that good. And I don't think that puts them over the top, but I really liked Alec Burks. I really wanted the Celtics to get him specifically. But they wouldn't. And is this another is this another year of Danny Ainge overvaluing his draft picks, overvaluing a lot of the young players on the roster? I'm not talking Jalen Brown. I'm not talking Tatum, which I have talked about. But just overvaluing even the, I don't know, Carson Edwards. Maybe Romeo Langford, who I really wouldn't want to see them move either in a trade like that. But, you know, did he really not want to cut Javante Green? Did he really not want to cut a guy like Taco Fall? Were they really that afraid of clearing out a roster spot? It just, it feels like that was it, because obviously there were deals to be made. That deal, the, I'm going to talk about this, the clip, the clip, there, the Warriors just kind of attached Isaiah Thomas to the Clippers deal with the Knicks. And then the Clippers are just waving him. Was he available? Like I talked about with wanting Isaiah Thomas to come back to the Celtics. I mean, I mean, they got Jerome Robinson. It was a top 15 pick a few years ago, but still. You know what? There were deals to be made and there were cheap deals. Now the Celtics reportedly, as it always is around the deadline, that they're at least, you know, they're in on these deals. 
they were seemingly, you know, following the thing on Bertans, who would be, I mean, amazing on this team. And they wanted two first-round picks or whatever, which, frankly, I think is worth it, <laughs> depending on which picks they wanted. Two firsts. If that, if that was the asking price, the day it was the Cel- two of the Celtics' firsts. Now, if they wanted your good first, maybe not. You don't really have any great first. You have the Bucks pick, which isn't going to be good. You have your own picks, which hopefully, if this team keeps playing the way it's going to pe- play, are not going to be very good picks either. But here we are. The Celtics didn't upgrade. Once again, the big teams around them didn't really upgrade either. The Bucks didn't make a big move. Now they're at, once again, they're adding Marvin Williams on the buyout market. Not a huge upgrade, but something. George Hill, they got in the buyout market. I didn't think he was anything last year, and he, you know, was one of the big things that killed the Celtics. Last playoffs, which was pretty pathetic, pretty disappointing to see. The Celtics get killed by George Hill, but whatever. Now, the consolation to this is, and the reason I'm not so mad yet, is that the Celtics do still have the opportunity to make some moves on the buyout market. Namely, Isaiah Thomas is going to get bought out. I still really think Isaiah fits on this team. I really think he'd be willing to do it. I think it would be a tremendous story. I think he's a perfect fit. I think he's what they need. Or not need, because the team doesn't necessarily need anything. It's just that, why not make that extra boost? Why do they keep sitting on this pile of assets? I think Isaiah Thomas... Obviously, he would. He would fill that big need they have for a just a guy off the bench. Taking some of those Wanamaker minutes. Taking some of those Ojale minutes. I've talked about this a billion times. And now you can get him for free, by the way. All you'd have to do is cut somebody, which I hope they'd be willing to cut a Javante Green, a Vincent Poyer, a Taco Fall. For a guy who can come and maybe be your sixth man. For free. For free. And then also, I wasn't in favor of them adding a center. I didn't think it's necessary, but Tristan Thompson might get bought out. I would If they swapped out, if they swapped out, you know, Javante Green for Isaiah Thomas and Vincent Poirier for Clint Capella, like, I mean, Clint Capella, for Tristan Thompson, those are upgrades. And frankly, I mean, frankly, they do that, like, round of applause for Danny Ainge. Fine. Like, I don't know if he necessarily thought that was what was going to happen. But if they're able to do that, then fine. Like, you 4D chest everybody, Danny. Congrats. Like, you were able to get the two guys people had, like, two guys people legitimately had linked to you. Like, they're not even downgrades from the guys you could have traded for. Like, those are legitimately guys people would have, like, fans, people were projecting you to potentially add guys who would fill needs for this team then fine like congrats unless so Tristan Thompson because I don't know where the fit is I think the centers they have are fine I think Robert Williams coming back will do more for them than that I don't think he'd want to I don't even think he'd want to come here frankly I think he'd go with the Rockets first but fine if that happens then I mean good work like fine I I, I don't want to give him too much credit because frankly I don't think it's by design he couldn't have possibly known this, but, you know, I will give him, you know, I will give him the hindsight award, I guess, or 
I'll give him the me- the ends justifying the means or something. I don't know, but fine. If they do that and they wind up with those guys for free, then you know what? Fine. Good. Good work. So, I hope, now if they don't add anything, I'm going to be upset because I think this team is worth investing in. I think, I've said it a billion times, this, you know, the league is, the NBA is more open than it's ever been and who knows how long that will last before something else crazy happens now you have another super team. But right now the Celtics, I think they'd be in the mix. They're not a favorite to me. But if they're all humming and then they sew up some of these issues, fine. I mean, they have as good a chance as anybody else, you know. So. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how they play against the Rockets tonight. I mean, I don't know. Just now feels like a decent enough time to try and get something done. Now feels like the time to at least once again add him for free. Add Isaiah Thomas for free. Just do it. Just do it. What's the worst that could happen? It's worth it. You have your Kemba insurance. He's your sixth man. My God, it's just, it's too easy. It's right there for the taking. It's right there, Danny. Please do it. And then otherwise, really fun trade deadline. I have to admit, like, actually seeing a lot of these guys move, seeing the four-team trade. I love seeing a four-team trade. That was exciting. A 14, like 15 player trade. The fact that the Timberwolves basically have a whole new roster now somehow. Andrew Wiggins is on the Warriors, which is odd. I don't know where that's going. But probably somewhere fun. But anyway, that about does it for us here. You've been listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley on 90.7 WXIM. We'll be back next week once again for the big grand third anniversary spectacular we'll have plenty of time to talk i'll get some guests it'll be a good time hope to see you all then if you want to listen back to this episode or any episode of the program do not be afraid to check out the official stadium experience soundcloud page right on soundcloud like the show on facebook yeah follow me on twitter at jake r-e-l-m-s-l-i-e have a lovely week i'll see you all next time goodbye